Hey, caffeinators. Welcome to the Vet Tech Cafe. The Vet Tech Cafe is a podcast centered around veterinary technicians and nurses, hosted by myself, Dave Cowan, and my good friend, Jeff Backus. We strive to discuss current issues facing our profession and give our colleagues a voice and a medium to enter into these discussions. Our guests are experts in the veterinary field that we hope can help our listeners work towards dealing with these issues, as well as coming up with solutions that can lead to change. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the Vet Tech Cafe, please contact us at vettechcafe at gmail.com, or you can find us at our website, vettechcafe.com. One thing we would ask of you, our listeners, is to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We're not exactly sure how or why this helps us, but apparently it does. So without further ado, come on in, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and get ready for another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe. Hello, caffeinators. Uh, thanks for coming by the Vet Tech Cafe today. Dave, how's it going down there? It's going great here. It is August 4th, so it's Robin's birthday today. So I oh, happy woke up birthday, early, Robin. took care of the barn, and uh, made her a carrot cake and brought it to work. And Nice. Oh, she has to work today? Yeah, she has to work today, but she's she's going to be off all weekend because she's going to the Vet Girl Conference in Chicago. So oh, nice. Uh, so she's excited for that. I'm not so excited because I'm going to have to get up at four, four in the morning to bring her to the airport. But yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Things we do, right? Yeah, the, the things, things we, we do. do. Yep. <laughs> How are you guys doing out there? Uh, we're doing good. It's been really hot last couple days, but it's uh, cooling down a little bit today, which is nice. Otherwise, you know, just work and doing all those things and what have you. So, yeah, just cool. uh, just doing the normal things. So, good stuff. Yeah, so uh, we got some exciting stuff happening at the, the Vet Tech Cafe. You know, we got kind of a new social media format, if you will. We've been working with Dog Days Consulting a yeah. little bit. Um, they're going to be helping us out for the next couple of months. We're still like in the um, setup phase of things. They're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're working on a lot of stuff. I saw some of the images that they had for us that look really nice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think with this episode kind of rolling out there, they're going to do some of the the takeover, if you will, for the yeah. posts relating to this episode and yep. what have you. So uh, so definitely, uh, caffeinators, uh, if you hear this, you know, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think, what works, what doesn't, because um, this is a little bit on the fly. You know, hopefully these will be long-lasting changes that we can keep moving forward. Yeah. So, And then we, uh, we finally decided to go ahead and start a Patreon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were kind of hesitant to do this just yeah. because... Our audience is veterinary technicians, and veterinary yeah. technicians do not have a lot of expendable cash. But if you are loving the show and you want to support us, we'd be eternally grateful. We haven't really set up exactly yeah. what the bonus is. A lot, a lot of yeah. podcasts that have these Patreons, they they do like bonus episodes, and we just yeah. don't have time for bonus episodes. Right. Uh, but we're hoping to do you know some some of the things like maybe once we get merchandise going, uh, get some discounts mm -hmm. on that. Um, yeah. Obviously, we would mention them at the end of the show um, yeah. just to give them a, a personal thank yeah. you on the show. So yeah. if you want to have yeah. your name read on, on the show, let us know. And we'll, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's more just a, a thank you to, to keep us going and, yeah. and, you know, help us find, you know, continue to find new content and do, yeah. do these things. And so um, again, you know, not a huge deal, but just wanted to put it out there and that's yeah. the reason why. And, and, and it is thank you in advance for, and the, for any support. The address if you want to donate to us is shoot. See patreon.com. Patreon.com slash Vet Tech Cafe. Vet Tech Cafe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, kind of rolling in today's episode, pretty excited. Um, we're going to have another uh, another VTS Academy. Yeah. 
I'll use the term representative, but um, <laughs> member, I should say. Member, member yeah. Uh, and we're trying to go through all of them eventually. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So we have um, Mary Berg coming by the Vet Tech Cafe today. She's a charter member of the Academy of Veterinary Dental Technicians and received her VTS in dentistry in June 2006 and completed her maintenance certification in 2020. She's re uh, worked in research for over 29 years specializing in products at improve, uh, aimed at improving oral health of companion animals. In addition to research, she's the practice manager and dental technician specialist at a GP for the last seven years, is an adjunct at two distance veterinary technology programs, <laughs> and is currently the president of Beyond the Crown Veterinary Education. We'll talk a little bit about that. And has over 15 years experience teaching dentistry to veterinary teams, She's actively involved in NAVTA, the AVDT, the Dental Technician Academy, AVMA, AAVSB, the Kansas Vet Tech Association, which very important to us. We just did a, a whole episode on VTAs um, and was named the NAVTA Veterinary Technician of the Year uh, by NAVTA in 2020 and received AVDT's Excellence in Dentistry Education in 2019. Nice. Um, currently lives on a small farm near Lawrence, Kansas with her husband, Doug. Uh, has two sons and four grandchildren. So, Mary, thank you very much for coming by the Vet Tech Cafe today and talking to us about all things veterinary dentistry. Um, what can we get you for a cup of coffee? I will just have a nice, strong cup of black coffee. I'm oh boy, not into go. the yeah. fancy stuff. I like just, it. Yeah, I like it. That's the that's stronger, all we do. the better. <laughs> Yeah. There we go. My, my dad used to say, if you can see the bottom of the cup, it's too weak. That's right. <laughs> if a spoon doesn't stand Fantastic. up on, a, on its own, it's too weak, right? <laughs> I like that better. Yeah, even better. Um, so, Mary, we always kind of start uh, with our guests kind of taking us through their career path. And I hit some of the highlights in your bio there. But if you don't mind, just take a few minutes and t talk us through what got you into vet med, some of the major stops along the way, all the way up to where you are now. Well, I actually um, grew up on a farm in southwest Minnesota, so I always had an interest in veterinary medicine. It was a dairy farm, so uh, anytime our veterinarian came out, he was calling up to the house and having me come out and help him. So kind of had that interest, but when I got to college, wasn't sure it was really what I wanted to pursue. And then I met my husband, who was military, and I traveled the world with him all over, you know, the United States and, and Germany. And when I moved to Lawrence in 92, I, I was applying for a job with my degree in biology and microbiology at the university. And they really said, well, you have no experience. But they had another opportunity for me as an administrative assistant with a small research company. And I took it. And long story short, it was a research company who did companion animal dental research. And that oh, was cool. kind hmm. of the start of all of it. Ended up working with them for 13 years. I went through all of the ALAS uh, certifications as a I got up to a laboratory animal technologist. Then I decided I really thought I should have my RVT. Um, so I uh, talked to my uh, professor who was not a veterinarian and um, he said, well, okay. And I did one of the, I was one of the first two classes at St. Petersburg um, online program or distance learning program back with dial up. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Back in the day. I can't imagine doing yeah, distance was, learning with dial was, up. It was interesting. Um, but I made it through and, um, you know, ended up working with him for 13 years, moved from being administrative assistant to vice president of operations of the research company. But then he decided. Yeah, he really wanted to go back to his love, which was human dentistry, because he'd worked for the American Dental Association for many years. And I just said, ew, don't do people. People are gross. <clears throat> yeah, people are gross. <laughs> um, 
So I went to work at practice for about seven years, um, basically because my kids were still in school and I didn't want to travel nonstop. So I worked at the the general practice for about seven years. Um, and then about nine years ago, I decided to start consulting full-time and teaching and training and kind of started my own business um, of Beyond the Crown Veterinary Education and have been doing that ever since. So that's pretty much Fantastic. The, the long and short of it. Fantastic. And what do you do with Beyond the Crown? I, first off, I, I love the name of it for, for something you. dental yeah. related. That's a fantastic yeah. name. But what yeah. do you do with that? Well, I'll have to give you an honest story. For a long time, it was MLB Consulting, which everybody thought okay. was like Major League Baseball. Um, <laughs> well, well, you're talking to baseball fans. So. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, got nothing here. Um, and it was really one of those moments when things were getting a little – it was time to leave the practice. And all of a sudden, that name kind of came to me one day. And I'm pretty sure I heard some angels singing somewhere. So it was like, hey, this is really what I need to do. And, you know, I love the name. But what I do primarily is help veterinary teams better understand dentistry. We don't get a lot of dental education in school. As a technician, we don't get very much at all. Um, Veterinarians get even probably less than we do as technicians. And I really wanted to um, help more uh, more animals get better veterinary dental care. Um, I could help so many animals in practice a week, but what I do now, I'm getting thousands and thousands of dogs getting better care. So primarily it's going into practices, helping, working with their team, training them on their equipment, um, with their own team, sometimes recommending maybe equipment upgrades if necessary, um, but helping them really understand how important each step of the dental procedure is. Um, primarily one of my main focuses more recently is teaching dental x-rays or dental uh, radiographs and how to make them easy and not so confusing and hard to understand. So that pain management, all those kinds of things all play into it. Gotcha. And um, just, just going back to, you know, your, your years of experience and the fact that you're, you're teaching students, uh, what do you think of the veterinary technician profession right now? Like where, where do we stand? I, I know you're probably seeing it at, at both ends. You're seeing it at the, the highly experienced level and you're seeing it at the, the new fresh young faces that that are just kind of getting into this field. How do you how do you see the field as as a profession, and and what can we do to make it better at this point? Well, I I see both sides of it, as you said. I um, yeah, I see. It's sad because every day I see somebody else leaving the field, and it breaks my heart that they are leaving the field for whatever reason. I also see some extremely talented people who are extremely frustrated because they just can't make ends meet without working two to three jobs. So I'm hoping that as we continue to try to get more the public really understanding what our role is and how um, having a credentialed veterinary technician on staff is actually going to be better for their pet and their patient. Unfortunately, most people don't realize um, who's actually working on their pet. So trying to get that across is is very important to me and i think you know we just have to really continue to to hang in there and you know some of us are um as i like to refer to myself as a vintage technician yes um yeah a little <laughs> bit been there a long time and i started very late in my life i mean i was in my you know early 30s when i got my degree so um <clears throat> you know it's something that you know we just have to kind of persevere it'll get better and I, I'm only hoping that we can continue to help people understand that there are ways to get through it and we can help them understand that not every day is going to be puppies and kittens and unicorns and rainbows, but there are those days that make it worthwhile. 
Yeah, and I, yeah. I, that's something that a lot of our guests say is is that the the public's knowledge of what we do is is just not there. And I, I I have that same thought myself. Is that you know if the public really knew what we did, we'd have a lot more respect and, and probably a lot more understanding for what what's charged for. Because I, I think mm-hmm. yeah, I think a lot of times people just think that the the DVM is doing everything right, mm-hmm. and and right. we're just there to like hold and right yeah. and do well yeah. I, and, and you think about you know your your niche which we're going to spend the bulk of the time on talking about dentistry in in human world they're they're the patient they are the one being worked on they know mm-hmm. exactly what is being right, done right. every mm-hmm. step of the way with veterinary dentistry sure unless it's like a 12 year old dog that's never had his teeth cleaned and you know his teeth are absolutely atrocious and has falling out breath there, there's like a recognizable difference mm-hmm. there hopefully uh, but but otherwise, if they actually keep up on it, you know, they have no concept yeah. of of what goes on, and it just yeah yeah. yeah it and really more than is. more than once, I've been told when I said that I work in veterinary dentistry, and it's oh, you brush the teeth, but my groomer does that, so you really don't you know have oh, to yeah. And it's mm. like no, it's a lot more in depth than that. I can I actually tell people most of the time, it's my job is pretty much equivalent to your dental hygienist, yeah. um, mm-hmm. so that helps yeah. them really understand a little bit more. Um, you know, right. dental hygienists cross with a nurse, cross with, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> X, I don't know what X, else, X, 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 X but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, so it is something that, you know, I've, I have family members who really don't get what I do. So it's, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Gonna... And, and to some degree, I, I think you have to use some of those relatable terms or titles. Mm-hmm. Right. That, I mean, that's what people understand. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. You know. You have, yeah, you do have to make them understand it. And I, going back to your your comment about you know technicians don't get a whole lot of dental training in school, veterinarians get even less. I remember when I was when I was a younger tech, I, I did I did a lot of dentals, and we had some doctors that came. They were fairly new doctors, and I was the one teaching them how to take teeth out. I'm like, why mm-hmm. why am I teaching this? This is this shouldn't be something that I'm doing. <laughs> No, and, right. and it is, it's very sad. And f- fortunately, um, the COE or the com- uh, Council on um, Education for AVMA um, just recently made dentistry a core requirement for vet- for veterinary schools. So I'm mm, very, very excited 30 years to get it in there. But, you know, 80% right. of our patients that we see are going to have some degree of dental disease. And to me, it's just really sad that we're teaching some stuff in vet school that these vet students may never, ever see Mm-hmm. And the stuff that they're going to see every day is just being kind of glossed over. It's, yeah, it's being um, forgotten. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, after four years in academia, I can 100% attest to that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you kind of mentioned in, in kind of going through your career path, what piqued your, your interest in dentistry. And that was one of the questions I was going to ask. So I'll shift this a little bit. Okay. When you When you left research, did you know... You know, as, as you kind of got started going into practice and things, did you know dentistry was where you were going to land? Was that always a focus or was there somewhere along the way that you said, you know what, dentistry is what I know and what I love. That's that's the path that I want to take. Well, um, actually, my research was in dentistry and I still do den- uh, dental research when a company needs um, an evaluator. I'm one of the people they call mm-hmm. to come in and do the evaluation for them. So I'm still involved in research. I'm also a council member on the VOHC, so the Veterinarian Health Council. But, you know, I think it was just something that once I really, you know, because I was so in, involved in it for 13 years, that it became something you kind of know inside, outside, upside down. And, and it's just something that, uh, to me, it's a true passion. It's not just, um, 
you know, I, I would really, all the patients I've seen that I've had come in with those atrocious, horrible, nasty, nasty mouths, and I see them two weeks later, and the owners are going, oh, my God, he's a puppy again. Thank you. I never knew he was hurting. Um, really make me believe that what I'm doing is really where I should be doing and, and getting those patients better help. So it's always been, uh, you know, had you told me when I was an 18-year-old on a farm in Minnesota that I'd be doing veterinary dentistry, um, I would have looked at you like you had just stepped off a spaceship. Um, but, you know, it's absolutely what I love. Awesome. Now, the the process to become a VTS now some of our listeners are VTSs, Jeff mm-hmm. and I are VTSs. How does the, the dentistry VTS differ from others and, and what's involved in the process? I, I I looked into it briefly when I was deciding what I wanted to do and then looking at the amount of hours that I would need to get beyond what I'd already done. I was like, that's that's too much for me. Yeah. So, it's a, so it's how, do, how does that go? Yeah. Well, we actually, um, just like every other uh, VTS academy, we do have a kind of a three-year requirement of being a credentialed veterinary technician with um, emphasis in the area of dentistry. And that, I think it's about 50% of your time, don't quote me on that exactly, um, have been in in dentistry. And that doesn't mean you're spending 50% of your time cleaning dog's teeth. It's (laughs) going to be include client education, um, you know, maintaining equipment, you know, all of those things are part of dentistry. It's not like all I do is clean teeth all day long. Oh, so um, I misunderstood it. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much kind of to getting, and, and of course, letter of recommendation and things like that. We are yeah. one of the few academies where you actually get accepted into the program before you start tracking. So you oh. have to be kind of accepted into the program. Um, and we have our candidates that it is a two-year program. Um, during that time, they must get, we have to do a case log of 75 cases. And within those 75 cases, it's not just 75, you know, dental cleanings, it's oral surgeries, um, assisting in oral surgeries, assisting in endodontics or root canals, uh, prostodontics, orthodontics, all the different donics that we have, um, have to be within that 75 cases. Now, that doesn't mean they need to work for a boarded veterinary dentist, as long as they have someone that they can go to to get those more advanced cases. Mm. You know, they don't, it's not the bulk, you know, it's maybe five or six each of those cases. So um, going and getting those cases somewhere. In addition to the 75 uh, 75 cases, we do have a um, x-ray component where they must submit dental x-ray series as well as five case or case studies and the case studies are up to 10 pages long um, with pages and they have to be basically publishable so they're they're pretty strict on what we do for those cases after they've submitted their credential packet at the end of the two years the credential committee reviews that and if they are accepted um, they then can sit for our exam and our exam right now is a two-part exam, which is a written. And thanks to COVID, um, our written exam is now being done with remote proctors. So yeah. um, they don't have to travel anywhere, um, which is kind of nice. But then if they pass, and we've just changed this, that if they do, they have to pass the written before they can go on to the practical. And our practical mm. test is going to be more hands-on skills that they have to be able to do in front of a couple of proctors. Wow. So okay, wow. it's a very wow. tough program, but we feel that all of those things are really necessary to produce good um, VTSs in dentistry. Uh, I, 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 I would completely agree with that. I, I know there have been so many people 
calling to basically overhaul <laughs> the Avectin Academy. We're the, uh -huh. we're, you know, we are the oldest and uh -huh. so much of what we do, I think, or our application process is still from 20 plus years ago. Uh -huh. And so many people have called for a practical component to the exam uh -huh. and, or a longer duration. And I, to me, that while while daunting, that process sounds exactly like what it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we were the third academy, so but you know, we actually had a three part exam for a while, um, but we dropped wow. the bench. We had a bench part, which was you know, it was all one day, but you know, we dropped the bench a few years ago and just did um, both a written and it's a two hundred question written exam. Yeah. Um, what is the bench? So, yeah. A bench the is bench? more of going through different stations and identifying instruments or okay. you know yeah. things like that it's not oh, right. yeah okay. it's yeah it's not a true practical but it's not a true written so gotcha do you find most of your applicants come from general practice or dental practices and 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 if you could ballpark how many members your academy has Right now we have just, uh, I should have this number because I'm the treasurer and collect the dues, but um, <laughs> thank you for putting me on the spot. I want to say we have maybe, ballpark. yeah, 105. Let's go there. I think we have, a, okay. to, we, we awesome. hit the hundred, we hit the hundred mark a couple years ago um, Fantastic. And, or a year ago or so. I would say the majority of our candidates actually come from general practices. Mm. Um, wow. There's very few that actually, you know, are working for a diplomate in dentistry at the time. So, you know, it, it is something we were one of the only academies for many years that you didn't have to be associated mm -hmm. with a diplomate in order to get uh, into the program. And I think that's right. one of the things that's so important for us is because dentistry is done at all practices, uh, or mm -hmm. I would say 98% of them yeah. are yeah. doing dentistry. So getting someone in the clinic who really understands it um, is important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think for, for our academy as well, like, you know, you, it's something you're supposed to be able to do working in general practice. I mean, mm -hmm. all practices see emergencies and what have mm -hmm. you. But, you know, that's one of the questions we always get is, I work in GP, I can't do this. Well, no, no, no you, you can. You just have to, like you said earlier, you know, the 50% of your time, mm -hmm. like you just have to make sure you can hit those benchmarks, yeah. it, but it can be done. So it's, mm -hmm. it's good to hear that, that so many of, of yours are, are GP techs. Mm -hmm. Kind of thinking about your all the different hats you wear for AVDT and what is a typical, like in terms of, of you consulting and going into a practice, what, what does that look like? What does, and I'm guessing you're doing that for beyond the crown. So yeah. what are you, what are your goals when you go in there? What does what does the practice get out of that? Well, usually when I go in, um, I also work with Midmark and their dental academy. So I do Midmark trainings for dentists, oh, wow. for um, dental x-rays, as well as, as their, what we call CPC, um, charting, cleaning, probing, or charting, probing, cleaning um, training as, and nerve blocks. But usually when I go in for Beyond the Crown, it's going to be meeting with them and really finding out what they need to have in their practice. What areas do they really need to work on and um, mm. trying to really kind of encourage them to maybe think a little bit, okay, let's, let's think about this. How's that going for you? Do you need, are you doing nerve blocks? Is this something that we can train your team to do? Are you doing, you know, how are your cleanings going? Um, we go through all of that. I go into that a little bit beforehand. Um, I do give them many, many handouts, probably more than they ever want to see. Um, <laughs> but a lot of information for them. During the training, we 
Um, both of my, uh, two of my trainings are four hour race approved programs. So they're kind of already race approved mm. for both doctors and technicians. So a lot of times my doc, you know, I hear a doctor going, well, you know, this is for the technicians. And I'm like, no, 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 you're going to learn something too. <laughs> you know, come on in. Mm-hmm. And they're always usually like, wow, I had no idea this is all that, you know, that goes on with these procedures. So. We go through that. I will also then talk with um, the practice management or the veterinarian and kind of help them really understand a little bit about the practice management part. Because when I was in practice, I was the practice manager. So also really helping them understand maybe pricing for dental procedures, how to go a, how to go about communicating, um, how to teach their technicians and even themselves, how to communicate about dentistry and, and changing our vocabulary that we use. I, I almost called you out on it, but I didn't. But, you know, when we use the word dentals, you know, I got to do, mm. you know, four dentals today. That mm-hmm. really doesn't do our dentistry any any value because what it is, is it's a term that describes something. It's a dental instrument. It's a dental table. It's not a the dental itself is not what we're doing. It's it's, it's not a, a noun. It's not a noun. Um, so it's an adjective. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's something like you know, I use cohat a lot, which is comprehensive oral health assessment and treatment. It could be professional dental cleaning. It could be you know, um, core, which is another one, is comprehensive oral radiograph evaluation. But something that puts a little bit more oomph in it than just a dental, because when we say dental, somebody thinks all we're going to do is brush their pet's teeth. They don't realize that we're going to be taking x-rays. We're going to be charting and looking at each and every tooth in the mouth. We're going to be assessing them, seeing what needs to be done, treating them at the time if we can, and then also, you know, making sure we do preventative care at home. Um, so it is something that's a little bit more. I always kind of joke with my audiences when I'm doing a lecture is we don't go and say your dog needs a cardiac or your dog needs a <laughs> renal. So let's stop right. using your dog needs a dental. And it that's... doesn't, you know, so when you talk to the owners and you use terms such as cohat and pain and infection, because really what periodontal disease is an infection it really sinks home a little bit more to the pet owner to understand that this is something that's an infection and it's affecting my animal's well-being. So it's a lot of it's that kind of communication I do with the practice, um, really getting them really on board with changing the way they do things, talking about, you know, um, improving and building your dental practice does not necessarily mean that we're going to be doing, going from four procedures a day to 10 on one table, because that's not, we're going to talk quality over quantity mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. save us techs because, you know, we have a lot of injuries, you know, in this industry. And when yeah. you're looking at dentistry, we can have a lot of repetitive um, motion industry mm-hmm. in- injuries. So we have to kind of take care of ourselves, too. Mm, yeah. Are, are you limited? You know, I'll give you an example. When I was working in New Hampshire, I was able to do extractions on 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 dogs and cats. And now here in North Carolina, that's not something I can do. Are you limited by, you know, state regulations in that, in that matter? We are actually limited by the College of Veterinary Dentistry, as well as the Academy of Dental Technicians. There's position statements out that extractions are oral surgery and technicians should never perform surgeries. So we do have a statement that we do not do extractions, period, or oral surgery. Mm -hmm. So I know there are some states that allow it. I think some of those state laws are a little vague on what they allow. Um, I think it was intended to be the oops, it came out, as I refer to those (laughs) as the pluckers that just kind of fell out when we intubated. But Mm -hmm. when we start doing oral surgery where we're 
um, removing a flap, removing bone. It's actually technically orthopedic surgery at that point, right. and I don't want to be responsible for that. So. Sure, but are there yeah. other things that you can't teach oh, technicians yeah, we, to do? Like we do um, realistically as a as a VTS of dentistry, there's nothing I can do that a credentialed technician can't uh, can do. Okay, can't do. Yeah. Um, we tend to do. You know, we place the blocks. Um, we can you know, really assist with all of the procedures. So if it's an oral surgery, we can assist with that. If it's a root canal, we can assist with those things. You know, all of those things were more there, but it's just we really understand more about why something needs to be done, not necessarily doing anything more mm, than you okay. would if you were a GP. Gotcha. So yeah. a lot of it is going to be, you know, talking home care products, talking to the pet owners about how important it is to maintain the mouth that we've just created, the, the healthy mouth, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's keep it that way. Um, and those kinds of things are what we really, what we really try to do. Excellent. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, I'm loving this conversation. We are uh, caffeinators. We're just going to take a quick break here, pay a couple of bills, and uh, we will be right back with with more from Mary. See you in a few minutes. Hello, caffeinators. We wanted to thank Dog Days Consulting for managing our social media and helping with the interior design here at the Vet Tech Cafe. They don't just do social media. They can help you identify your brand through brand coaching. The founder is a CVPM with 15 years experience in veterinary practice management. They are a small business proudly serving the veterinary community, and we are thrilled to be working with them. Check them out at www.dogdaysconsulting.com. And now... Back to the show. All right, caffeinators, we're back. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Mary, is there a case or or one specific patient that you remember that kind of stands out that kind of where it made a difference for that patient and, you know, something that really sticks in your mind? Um, I have a few of them, uh, but mm. I think the one that, that recently has been coming to mind was a um, patient that I had seen for several years, a chihuahua. Um, go figure, chihuahua with bad teeth. Who would have ever thought, right? What? Uh, yeah, I know. It's like really, but this was a, a not a little tiny chihuahua. It was a you know bigger chihuahua, and his name was Scooter, and I'll never forget Scooter um, because he he was coming into us um, almost every year for for a cohat and, and cleanings and things, and and every time Scooter came in, he had some kind of an issue going on. And we had to remove some teeth. And at one point, I um, had the conversation. The vet and I decided that it was really time that we did full mouth extractions. And it was going to be in his best interest. And I remember sitting down with the pet owner and having this conversation. And, of course, she was very upset and very nervous. And how is he ever going to eat? And yada, yada, yada. And she did agree. And Scooter had all of his teeth removed. And he came back to us at a two-week checkup. And um, we do those as tech appointments because, you know, we are pretty good at seeing if things have healed. And the owner comes into the room and sees me and starts crying. And I'm like, ruh -ruh. <laughs> not a good sign. <laughs> and it, actually, they were tears. They were happy tears. And she goes, this is the first time in Scooter's life, basically, I think she got him as an a, a adoptee, a rescue dog, that he has let somebody else in my family hold him. Mm. And I said, wow. well, that's because he's no longer in pain. That oral cavity and all those 
painful teeth he had was making him very grumpy and didn't want anybody to touch him. And she was just mm-hmm. so happy that we had um, made him comfortable and happy for the rest of his life. And in fact, I ran into her. Lawrence is not the biggest town in the world. Um, ran into <laughs> her um, about three or four years later. And I kind of knew who she was. I was no longer at the practice. But she, you know, she kind of looked at me a few times. And then she goes, you you did Scooter's teeth. And I said, well, I assisted with them. But yes. And she goes, he is still absolutely the happiest dog in the world right now and those kind of things really Mm. hit home my goal is never to remove all the teeth because that kind of puts us out of a job but it was one of those situations (laughs) where um, we can actually have a pet you know that the owner realized that this was bad you know and and those types of things but the the situations where we have um, getting a pet owner to understand that you know, maybe chewing on that deer antler isn't the best thing for their dog and really explaining why that's not a good idea. Those are kind of cases that, that really hit home for me is when I see the two-week. I had one gentleman with a, a Maltese he had rescued. The Maltese was five or six. And again, um, I think we had taken out, I don't know, somewhere in the higher teen number of teeth. And he came back at two weeks and he looked at me and he goes, Mary, for the love of Pete, can you put those teeth back? And I'm like, I'm sorry, dude, no returns, Uh. (laughs) no returns. And he goes, well, I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, this dog is insane now and wants to play all the time. And I'm like, that's what you're supposed to have. He thought he had adopted a quiet, calm little Maltese. And I was like, nope, sorry. (laughs) Uh, He was joking, of course, about putting the teeth back. But, um, you know, it's, it's some of those cases that really make me realize that, I'm doing something that that can help pets feel better so much quicker, and it can be almost instant. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. You you mentioned I think already a couple of, of really good examples of this, but how how would you say as as a VTS in dentistry, what would be the most impactful way for you that that has impacted or provided better care to patients? Well, I think it's just that I understand. Um, better. But I think what really one of my goals with being a VTS in dentistry is teaching other technicians more about dentistry and getting them to really understand how important it is. So, you know, yes, I within a practice, I can help a patient get better care and, and really help maybe even encourage the veterinarian to think, hey, maybe we should refer this to, you know, we could save that tooth. You know, we don't have to pull it. We can save it. But I think realistically, one of my goals as a VTS is as an educator and educating other technicians about how important dentistry is, how widespread it is. As I said, it's over 80. You know, the the standard says 80 percent or the the reference does now. But I think talking to many veterinarians, we think it's closer to 85 to 90 percent of pets over two uh, dogs and cats have dental disease. So getting more patients care early, being more preventative, so we don't get to those two cases that I just talked about where we had multiple extractions. You know, let's have that 14, 15, 16, 18-year-old dog, you know, at the end of his life still have all his teeth. It's possible. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. that's kind of my goal. Gotcha. Is there a uh, a favorite type of condition, I guess I would you could say dental condition, that that are your favorite patients to work up or work on or treat like i know dave has has his i have mine i'm just curious in dentistry if there are conditions or or if it's just that general client education is there a favorite part well i like client education and home care that's really one of my strong suits because i did spend so much time working in research and i really understand how the different products work and why they work but i think probably my most rewarding 
is cases of, you know, severe periodontal disease where we can take that patient back to a healthy mouth again. I think those are the ones that to me are really rewarding when we can, you know, take a, a stage three or four periodontal disease mouth and take them back um, and make them healthy and happy again. Something that I've been thinking about while, we, while we've been talking, is there a dentistry conference that happens? Yes, there is. It, oh, there is. Oh, okay. Yes. It's the most That's fun tr- three days of my life. It's my family <laughs> reunion. No, it is um, the Veterinary Dental Forum. Okay. And it is usually in the fall and it rotates around the country. This year it is in, of course, I don't have my calendar here right in front of me, um, but it <laughs> is in um, late October uh, in Indianapolis this year. And okay. um, yeah, it's three days of dentistry and it has technician tracks. It has a ton of wet labs. The techni- the um, other tracks, we have kind of a fundamentals, an intermediate and advanced track. So, you know, technicians are invited to go to any one of those they want to. It's it's just, uh, it's been something I've attended, I think, consists, I think uh, I'm on my 26th year, 27th year. I don't oh, wow. remember, a long wow. time. Um, wow. But it is something that is, um, like I said, it's our family reunion. Um, for yeah, all the, yeah. the dental geeks in the world. It's like your guys' yep. IVEX. You know, yep. same yeah, thing. Yeah, right? I was for just sure. thinking that. The same thing. Yeah. And, and we yeah. consider IVEX to be like a family reunion where yeah. we, mm-hmm. we see yeah. all those people we haven't seen in two years now. Yeah, now, yeah. We <laughs> yeah. had ours virtually right. last fall, so we're going to go yeah. back to live this year. So it's yeah. it's yeah. something we're really excited about. Oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah, sure. we'll, we'll post that on the on the show notes as well. I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll send you absolutely. the link to that. Yeah. Wonderful. So before we kind of get into our wrap-up, is there anything else that we haven't talked about today that you want to get out to our listeners, to our caffeinators, to uh, to understand about dentistry? No, I think the, the biggest thing for me is, is just get additional education on it. Um, mm-hmm. I know not everybody likes it, but it is something that I think is one of the things that can be the most beneficial to our patients um, and do long-term benefits to them. So... Um, I know not everybody likes cleaning teeth, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but then not everybody some likes... Some people hate it. <laughs> yeah, you know, but not everybody likes to do some other stuff. So yeah. um, if you really enjoy it, and if and if you're kind of on the, on the fence, um, get some more education on it. The more education you can get, I think a lot of times it's people don't like it because they don't understand it enough. Yep. And once yep. you feel yep. that um, you really understand it, and I think, you know, I'm I'm teaching dental X-ray um, techniques probably every week or sometimes multiple times a week. I think that's something that um, my goal would be that every practice in America have a dental X-ray system and know how to use it and use it on every patient every time. Um, you're going to find about 40 some percent more pathology than you ever will find um, just by looking at the teeth. So I always love it when somebody says, well, it was a healthy mouth, so I didn't take any x-rays. Well, I can show you case in point. Even my own grand dog, who I just did a couple weeks ago, um, <laughs> looked really healthy and I took an x-ray and I'm like, well, darn, um, yeah. that tooth has to go. So, uh, you know, they can't tell us where it hurts. So we have to make sure we're looking for it. But yeah, I yeah. think just more education. Yeah. And yeah. I, I remember when I first started out, dental x-rays was not as, I don't want to say it wasn't as important, but I think probably it the wasn't cost a thing. benefit, it wasn't a thing, <laughs> right? And yeah. like I used to be able to do like dentals or sorry, cohats, uh, <laughs> I corrected myself, caught me. 
in like 20 minutes. I could clean teeth mm-hmm. and, and get things all done in 20 minutes. And then you add in dental x-rays and I'm like, this is going to be great. We're going to get so much better medicine. And then I started doing dental x-rays. And I'm like, this is miserable. This is. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's learning how to do it um, and not making it harder. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I always say, I always say that the, the three words that make everybody cry is bisecting angle technique. Um, mm-hmm. and teaching mm-hmm. how to do it without doing the bisecting angle. Well, we're still doing it, but we just don't call it that. And, um, but you know, the, the days of the 30, 20 minute, 30 minute dental procedures are gone, um, gone because yeah. we really need to be looking at each and every tooth and doing a thorough exam, um, and not just popping the tartar off the teeth, which, you know, which we yeah. all probably did years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I, I get some eye rolls from, you know, some practice owners when I say that. Um, but I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's proper medicine. It's the gold standard. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, you're missing stuff and that patient can't, you know, is going to go home with this huge abscess that they can't tell you hurts until it blows out. So, um, right. it is something that's so important to find it. I, yeah. I wish I wish we could make it so that you know when you go to the the human dentist I don't know if that's the proper term the human dentist and they just have you bite on that thing and then they just they take your X-rays and it takes like like five minutes and you're all done like I wish they could somebody should invent that system and make millions because uh, it would make <laughs> a lot of a lot of our dental X-rays well we have to rearrange the way the dog mouth is the anatomy on the dog's mouth to make that happen <laughs> it's a little tough um, but realistically if you practice a lot and you know take some of the the um, you know what I call the easier techniques um, one of them is one of the ones that I teach all the time um, it it just really does speed up the procedure the one thing I will never do though is tell when I'm doing a training. Um, I never tell um, practice owners or doctors how long it should take to take a set of x-rays because when I do that, I have set the whole room up for failure because the doctor hears me say a certain number. And until you do it every patient, every time, you're not going to get that fast. Right, Um, right. But it can be done in relatively uh, short order if you practice a lot and do it every single patient every time you get faster. Yeah. Um, Mary, one one last question I have for you that mm-hmm. I just thought of. So throughout all of your time in dentistry, has there is there one thing, and, and maybe it's what we've been talking about, maybe it's dental x-ray, but I'm curious if it's something different. Has there been one like game changer along the way that you think, wow, this really is going to change how we do things? I have to probably go with what you just said is dental x-rays. Mm, really? Okay. I mean, okay. I, think, I think the fact that they're becoming less expensive – um, and very affordable for practices is something that is is such a game changer. I mean, recently having been at a practice that was using a CBT, uh, the, the the cone um, CT scanner, I'm like, oh my god, that is amazing. <laughs> the detail on wow. those was like mind blowing, but. Um, that's not something every general practice is going to be able to afford to have. Um, sure, so sure. looking at, you know, general practice, I would say it's probably going to be dental x-rays. And then, of course, the the more advanced um, equipment that's coming out, the power scalers and stuff that are are coming out now and, and um, learning how to properly use those and, and how to properly use high-speed hand pieces to, you know, section teeth and, and doing um, extractions. I think there's, you know, one of the things that you can hardly – shake a stick in the in the United States and not run across an extraction um, wet lab for veterinarians. So when I hear veterinarians say they just don't know how to do it, I'm like, well, here's a wet lab, go to it, you know, learn. Mm-hmm. And um, really, you know, I, I personally don't think they should be expecting, you know, their technicians to do this when, you know, it's something that is a surgical procedure. So 
you know, having them learn to do it um, and become more proficient at it is really important. Absolutely. As, as we as we kind of wind down here, one question we've been asking our, our recent guests is, mm-hmm. is there somebody in our field or or what have you that you would like to hear us interview? Could be not necessarily dentistry, could be anything, anybody that we haven't talked to or, or that you're not aware of we've discussed that you would like to hear discussed on the Vet Tech Cafe. Wow. No, no pressure. Guys. Who, who would you put in that seat? No pressure. <laughs> I think one of the one of the um, people I and, and this is not not a VTS, but I think one of the people that I would really like to see um, being interviewed would be uh, Michelle Crisecchiani, um from Minnesota. She has um, she's not only fear free certified and does lectures on that, but she also owns her own um, relief technician business mm, in okay. uh, the Minneapolis St. Paul area. Um, one of the Fantastic. brightest people I know when she works at ECCs um, or emergency, you know, hospitals, um, in addition to what the other stuff she does. But I think, you know, she would be um, one that would really, you know, she's she's kind of in the in the trenches, um, shall, shall we speak, but is also working on her own business, has her MBA and is um, wow. trying to create a, a relief technician network. So. Hmm, fantastic excellent fantastic yeah well we will we will uh, i will i will ask you to email us that yeah. name yes spell i will you can, yeah, i don't, I don't, don't want to spell can... it no just kidding i'll give it to you <laughs> <laughs> all right well we're just about out of time uh, but we have one final question for you are you ready for it i hope so this is your vet tech cafe <laughs> would you rather question okay uh, jeff which one am i doing here uh i think i liked the first one the first one okay yeah all right would you rather be able to breathe underwater or be able to fly and why I would probably rather fly because why is that I love to look at pictures of the people who do diving and do all that kind of stuff but there's stuff in that water that I don't <laughs> want to know about um, you know not only the the you know sharks and stuff like that but you know the fish pee there I'm just gonna say so yeah yeah uh, and other stuff in there. So, yeah. And I guess um, if, yeah, you could, I, if you could fly, you could probably avoid any of the dangers that are up there. Yeah, right. I mean, you could probably see it coming. You know, I think that would be one yeah. that, you know, <laughs> even though I do have a little bit of a fear of heights, I think it's still a better option for me than the well, other I, one. I, I bet if you, could, if you could fly, you probably wouldn't be so scared of, scared of heights, right? I probably would not be. Uh, and it's, it's, I'm okay yeah. in an airplane. It's just, you know, like being on a ladder is not cool. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not the fear of, of, of heights. It's the, it's the fear of falling, right? Yes. Or yes. landing. Um, actually, or landing. The landing yeah. part that hurts. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's, so. it's the sudden stop. That's yeah. The yeah. <laughs> and the older you get, you don't what? bounce anymore, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You just break. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, no, oh, I think yeah. that's a great question. I, I've never thought yeah. about it before. So, <laughs> I think I would have to do well, the same thing. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree. I would yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mary, thank you so much for your time uh, for coming and for coming by the Vet Tech Cafe to talk to us all about all things dentistry. I know uh, it's one of those things, I think, in general practice that doing, uh, I'll, I'll use the correct phrase as well, doing those co-hats, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's to some degree, it's instant gratification. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they come yes. in with horribly disgusting teeth. They leave, um, you know, looking much better, which you can visibly appreciate. But then, as you said, it recheck when they're feeling mm-hmm. a lot better. Um, and I know so many general practitioner technicians that are like that's their that's their favorite thing mm-hmm. to do so um i'm glad we finally got to to have some dental discussion that was that was great so yeah. thank you very much well, for your thank time. you for having me i had a great time appreciate it 
All right. Awesome. Well, caffeinators, uh, it was great to see you guys again, um, and we will talk to you all soon. Bye, guys. guys. Bye-bye. Hey, caffeinators. We would like to thank you for listening to the Vet Tech Cafe podcast today. As everybody is well aware by now, we often talk about difficult issues that face our profession. In addition, we chat with colleagues and leaders in our field who have strong opinions of these issues. Those opinions expressed by either Dave or Jeff as the hosts, or those opinions expressed by our guests, are their opinions alone and do not represent any other person, business, institution, or any other entity inside or outside of the scope of veterinary medicine. If you have any questions relating to this, please email us at vettechcafe at gmail.com or visit our website www.vettechcafe.com. Lastly, whatever platform you utilize to hear our dulcet tones, please rate and review our podcast and like and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages as well to see what we're up to. From all of us at the Vet Tech Cafe, have yourself a great day.